Hunter Green and Art Warren combined to hold the Pittsburgh Pirates hitless. And the Cincinnati Reds still lost. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker, who's going to be here with me for a segment to react to all of this craziness that has happened to the Cincinnati Reds because we have been addicts for a while, pretty much our entire lives, and been podcasting for over four years about this Reds team, and we've turned that addiction into information for you. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. Here on today's episode, Steve and I react to a historic game. Yeah, it's historic. We'll we'll tell you why. And there are things that Hunter Green can take away from this start, though, that are going to help him develop into the ace we all know he can be. And the Reds' path forward from here is clear. First today here on this Monday, obviously we have to talk about this game, Steve, and I'm I'm glad that we could bring you in here off of the uh, injured list without designation as just crazy, crazy times. I mean, there have only other been five games in the history of professional baseball that have ended the way that the Reds decided to end yesterday's game. Your thoughts? Well, first off, let me apologize for how I sound. I wasn't going to record today, but then of course the Reds go, of course, of course this team <laughs> is the team that goes out and and loses a game without giving up a hit. Uh, and the sad part is, is that is going to be the storyline and what should be a game about Hunter Green putting yes. up an elite performance Uh early in his major league pitching career. Uh, That was an elite performance. I don't care if it was the Pittsburgh Pirates. Those are major league hitters on that other team. And for him to go out there and keep them shut down for seven and a third innings with uh, absolutely no run support to be found anywhere from leadoff joggernaut Matt Reynolds and the rest of the bunch uh, (laughs) is just amazing to me. I, I want to talk about that here in a moment, the lineup that David Bell constructed, because with one hand, I'm going to be like, what on earth were you thinking, David Bell? But on this other hand, I'm going to say, you know what? I give you props. And it didn't work out because obviously he had a rough eighth inning, but I give him props for sending Hunter Green back out in the eighth to let him continue to pitch, to let him try and get that win, and to let him to see if he could get the no-hitter by himself and finish the game. That's something that in this day and age of baseball, I mean, we, we different people were looking at that with Tyler McGill and the whole thing with the Mets throwing the combined no-hitter. Like, mm-hmm. why on earth did he only throw five innings? Why didn't he throw more? It's nice to see that they trust Hunter Green this much because it is indicative of how they view him It is indicative of how pretty much everybody who has seen him pitch. Now, somebody could look at the numbers and try and dispute this, but if you only look at the numbers of Hunter Green, you're missing the bigger story. This dude might be a rookie, but he is pitching like a grizzled 
veteran. You know, a couple things from him today. Uh, one, this was his uh, longest by innings performance. It was also his mm-hmm. longest by number of pitches performance. And I will say that uh, Jeff Brantley said something at the top of the eighth inning, at bottom of the eighth inning when it started before Hunter Green ever threw a pitch in the inning. He commented to Sadak and said, I can't understand why David Bell doesn't have somebody up in the pin. And I thought that was, it was, it was very insightful. You know, this is a, this is a former major league pitcher. He could see what was going on with Hunter Green. And I I agree with you. Absolutely. You send Hunter Green out, but why somebody wasn't already warming up is beyond me. I agree with Brantley. They should have been prepared for the wheels to come off at any moment from this young kid who was being asked to do something he's never done before. So I think that that was a failure on management's part, so to speak, uh, to be prepared. And it took him a little bit longer than it should have to adjust when it was clear that Hunter just ran out of gas. Yeah, one success and two failures. The one failure of not having somebody ready in the bullpen for the moment that Hunter Green started allowing base runners. And then the other failure, the lineup. Look, I get it. I understand. In this this game of baseball, you're trying to put together a platoon lineup that just takes advantage of the other pitcher. So you want to load it up with righties against lefties, and you want to load it up with lefties against righties, different things like that. Understand that totally. This roster's hurt, Steve. This team is decimated. You have to put your best players out there. And I don't care that Matt Reynolds bats right-handed. There is no reason in this world that he should be leading off. When I saw that lineup, I was like, man, I feel for Hunter Green because no matter how good he pitches, he is going to have to pitch that much better because this lineup's not going to support him. And I don't think we can overstate just how much importance Tyler Stevenson brings to to this lineup and the difference in this team when he's in the lineup versus when he's out of the lineup. Uh, When I completely come off of this uh, injury list without designation, uh, we're going to have to have a conversation about the the relocation of Tyler Stevenson and and playing him someplace else. But that's a conversation for another day, Jeff. But he was clearly missed out there today. Clearly. And kind of like you said, the entire lineup feels it because it feels like Moose has been getting better pitches to hit because Tyler Stevenson's there. Mm -hmm. It feels like guys behind him have been getting worse pitches to hit because the pitchers kind of shook every time he faces Tyler Stevenson. And I get it. The day, you know, Saturday's game, he he really took one off the chin. He wasn't batting that well at the plate either. But the fact that he was hitting so well leading into this series was just one of those things that every pitcher is taking notice of Tyler Stevenson. So, yes, and and I go back to this lineup. I, I say, you know... Righty versus lefty is fine, but you got to roll with the people that are producing. And the guys that are producing were not in this lineup yesterday. No, and you know, the Reds had opportunities uh, as late as the eighth inning. That, you know, Aleo mm-hmm. Lopez ends up with that double in the eighth. Uh, and the Reds had an opportunity, and I think you're correct. I think they didn't necessarily, we've talked about this, uh, them having players uh, in the best position to do the things that we know they're good at. And I don't know that that necessarily happened today. I get trying to play the matchups, but I don't think uh, David Bell did the best job of having players in a position to be successful today. Steve actually had to jump off. He wasn't feeling that well. Sent some good thoughts his way. He's, he's really struggling right now. But I had a thought. And this is a little bit after 
Steve uh, and I recorded that segment. But when it comes to this loss for the Cincinnati Reds, this is something that's going to stick with this team. I know that there were a lot of positive uh, language, a lot of positive stuff that they were saying in the postgame pressers like from David Bell and and Hunter Green and Art Warren and Armas Garcia but honestly this is the kind of regular season loss in a 162 game season that will actually hurt this is the kind of thing that the Reds have to figure out exactly how to bounce back from part of that is getting healthy part of that is getting the rest of the team back together but you just became the sixth team in the history of Major League Baseball to throw a no-hitter and lose. That can't be understated. This isn't something that you can just be like, well, it just happens. Yeah, there's a little bit of bad luck involved, obviously, with the way that the roster falls and the lineup that David Bell had to put together. But at the end of the day, you couldn't score one run or two runs in this case to get the win. That's something that has to stick in the mind of this team that for the last week looked as if they were breaking out of a historically terrible start to the year. And we just kind of got reminded. Yeah, this team's still going to have a lot of issues for the rest of the season. Well, I'll tell you this. It's clear. This will be looked back on as a key moment in Hunter Green's development for a few reasons. And we'll look at those here in a moment. And if you're looking for a few tips on a good bet, check out Bet Online. In fact, Hunter Green's odds to win the National League Rookie of the Year award have improved dramatically. He was at 50 to 1 before last night's start or yesterday afternoon's start, and now he's at 25 to 1. I think I got him at even uh, closer odds than that before the season started. But hey, good to see that improvement. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Bet Online is going to tell you about that NL Rookie of the Year and give you some info as to who's the best bet there. Find all of the latest odds, including Rookie of the Year, news and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. The NBA playoffs are rolling into the conference uh finals segment that's going to be a lot of fun seeing those different series going on there bet online's got you covered through that the stanley cup playoffs that are raging on they've got ufc fights boxing and even next season's nfl futures bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting esports and more including your favorite vegas casino games Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast recaps of Major League Baseball games with analysis from our local experts in under 30 minutes or less. We'll take you through the Major League Baseball season like no other network. Locked On Now is just like Locked On Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. 
And also make sure you're following Lockdown Reds on your favorite podcasting platform, including YouTube. Thanks for making us, uh, for watching us here on YouTube. If you aren't already subscribed, make sure you do so. Coming up on Tuesday's podcast, is Tyler Stevenson better suited for first base? Which, a little bit of a spoiler there, that was going to be a topic that we were going to talk about today before the Reds and decided to just not give Hunter Green any run support. Speaking of which, let's get back to that. Hunter Green really had a beautiful game, and the fact that the Reds ended up losing that game takes away from just how good he was pitching. He had nine strikeouts, obviously, as long as start of his career, going seven and a third, and he just wasn't able to really hone in his command. He talked about in the post-game interview how tired he was getting and things like that, but the biggest takeaway that he had from this game and something that he can build on moving forward was that beautiful slider. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, really pleased with my, my slider and all my pitches overall, uh, but specifically my slider, I feel like it's gotten better and better these last few starts and just the days in between of uh, what I'm working on in catch play and my bullpen. So really proud of that, taking a lot of pride in that pitch and um, change up as well. And um, there, there's a lot of positives that come out of this and I'm um, just looking, on, looking forward to continuing to, to work on that and have success. That is the thing that we talk about a lot with Hunter Green is the secondary stuff because we talk about the fastball all the time. Over 100 miles an hour, it's amazing. But what else can you bring to the table if his slider is going to be on that elite level like it was yesterday? I'm not saying he's going to be no hittable every single time out, but he's going to be darn hard to hit. Something else that I think that he can take away from this game and something that I think he already is taking away from this game is the fact that he needs to pitch until the whistle blows. It's something that we talk about a lot in football, right? Play until the whistle blows. Play until the play's over. You know, stuff like that. But something he talked about in his post-game interview struck me. He talked about worrying about when he was going to see David Bell coming out of that dugout. He talked about when he could expect to come out as a pitcher. And then he's like, well, I I, I got I to gotta push that down. I got to worry about pitching. I know it's really hard for a pitcher to compartmentalize everything, but I think the elite pitchers are very, very good at just pushing that all the way and just being like, look, whenever he comes out of the dugout is when he comes out of the dugout. Until he does that, I'm going to pitch my butt off, and I think that Hunter Green kind of gets that a little bit, as he says right here. So, I mean, um, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't know. You know, I, I felt like somebody was going to come up to me, you know, at some point. But I also didn't want my mind to go there because you know, I wanted to stay locked in and not think about myself coming out of the game. Um, I wanted to keep going out there. So, like I said, the, the mental part in dealing with a game like this is, I think, is really hard. Um, so that's that's a challenge. There's one other, th- and it kind of plays off of that last take, playing off of you know, pitch until the whistle, or you know, pitch until David Bell comes out and takes the ball from you. Take care of what you can take care. Of. And I think Hunter Green knows this. In fact, he says so um, in this clip that I'm about to play for you. But when it comes to the guy on the mound, the only thing he can do is limit the other team from scoring. He can't get in there, especially now since pitchers can't hit. He can't get in there and do it for his team when it comes to scoring runs. So Hunter Green absolutely has to just worry about getting outs and limiting the other lineup. And I think he understands that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm not focused on wins or losses this year. Um, that's that's not my focus. You know, it is what it is. But 
I felt really good about where all my pitches were and I'm very confident in myself. It's hard on the mental side not to let your mind drift um, to that to that accolade. But um, it, you know, it is what it is, and I think you got to embrace all the thoughts and emotions in that moment and just go out there and have fun. But um, hopefully, I have a, you know, I'm gonna have a lot more opportunities for that. So I, I've said it many times: Hunter Green doesn't sound like a rookie. I mean, you can listen to this dude talk about baseball all day, and you'd think that he's been pitching for like 10 years. He understands so much about the game and about how he, as a player, has to kind of control his thoughts, control the mental aspect of the game. I mean, you saw it. I'll never forget this. In his first start in Atlanta, he was doing breathing exercises on the mound to keep himself calm. In fact, he even mentioned in another clip that I won't play here that it was about the third or fourth inning that he realized, hey, I ain't even allowed to hit yet. But he was able to kind of push that down and be like, that's fine, whatever. I just need to get this next guy out. At the end of the day, a pitcher's really got to have a very, very short memory, something that I've never had. Uh, you've got to be able to uh, forget about failures and successes almost immediately as they happen. And the fact that he came into the eighth inning and he was having trouble with his command and he was walking guys because he was tired and it was kind of, I mean, it was obviously the longest start he had ever uh, faced. All of that, he was able to compartmentalize. And this is something, this game, as annoying as it is to look back on and the fact that we will remember this for a very, very long time. And I'll talk about that in more detail here in a moment. He's not. In fact, this will be probably the most valuable point in his career. This is going to be the point that you can look back on and say that is really when Hunter Green transformed, especially those who love to count ERA and count statistics and things like that. We're probably looking at his numbers and thinking, how much long for Major League Baseball is he? Well, he bounced back in a big way. And yes, you can say that it's the Pirates, but those are professional hitters. And he is a rookie. This is his first taste of professional baseball. And he pitched magnificently. Yes, he gave up a run. Yes, the Reds lost. But that wasn't his fault, at least so far as the scoring of the runs go. Sure, he gave up a run, but come on. You give up one run in a start, you're really not expecting to lose. I don't care how many hits you give up. If you can scatter eight hits and only give up one run, you expect to win. So next time out, he's going to have that confidence. He's going to be ready. I'm looking forward to seeing how he grows from this because it sounds like he's getting all of the right takeaways immediately because obviously that interview was done right after the game finished. Uh, Point is, Hunter Green is way ahead of any other rookie pitcher the Reds have brought up in my lifetime. Might be in your lifetime, I don't know, but I have never seen a pitcher so advanced mentally in the game And the fact that he can translate that into his on-field success is just going to be a joy to watch, and I can't wait to see it happen. Uh, It's funny because earlier I mentioned something about how David Bell failed. failed, Say that five times fast. How David Bell failed with the lineup that he put on the field. But I was wrong because I was looking at this, and this is actually the best lineup the Reds could muster right now. So I'll tell you how you can place blame on this game. Speaking of which, the best snack you can muster is a built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into a plastic tub of birthday cake frosting. 
and then opening your eyes and realizing that that was only 150 calories and it had 16 grams of protein. Yeah, that is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff built bar. You absolutely need to try this. I just got a box in the other day and I've pretty much already replaced my favorite birthday or replaced my favorite built bar uh, with birthday cake puff. It is phenomenal. It's a puff, so it's marshmallow, but it's protein packed marshmallow covered in 100% white chocolate and sprinkles. Yes, this sort of stuff, you're talking about marshmallow, white chocolate, and sprinkles should not be healthy, but Built Bar made it happen. We're talking about 150 calories and 16 grams of protein after all. And if you haven't tried the puffs as a whole, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake enrobed in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. Get you some today because we're not sure if they're going to be there tomorrow. Go to Built.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's Birthday Cake Puff Built Bars at Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. I'm telling you, it's 100% white chocolate with sprinkles covering a protein-packed marshmallow. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. So go there, built.com today. Use the promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two F's. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. And you can follow at Locked On Reds with no F's. Also, make sure you're subscribed right here on YouTube. And hopefully we'll get Steve back here soon from the indeterminate injured list. <sighs> when it comes to the fact that the Reds didn't score any runs yesterday... I really want to blame David Bell. I really want there to be somebody that I can point to and I say, boy, you put together a terrible lineup. I really want to be able to point to the fact that Matt Reynolds was leading off. But as much as I want to do all that, let me tell you why I can't. You're going to think this is a cop-out, but it's about injuries. In fact, if you go to baseballreference.com, let me pull this up for you. If you go to baseballreference.com and you look up how the Reds are faring in the month of May. And I'm just talking about the month of May production because obviously the month of April was terrible, so we're going to forget about that. The month of May. Really, the only player that you could have argued should have been in yesterday's lineup was TJ Friedel. And really, even that's not much of a hair, you know, a winning hair-splitting argument. TJ Friedel has been pretty decent. But the numbers really don't support him being a ride-or-die kind of player. As much as I love to see that bunt and, you know, nice single, bunt single down the third baseline, him stealing bases and things like that, he's get on base under 27% of the time. That's not a guy that you can ride-or-die with. And then Matt Reynolds gets on base 40% of the time in the month of May. Again, Caveat, tiny sample size, I understand this. But David Bell has got to do what he's got to do with what he has. And what he has is a whole bunch of dudes that are replacing a whole bunch of hurt dudes. So until this lineup really gets back to full health, 
as much as I want to say, yes, blame David Bell, or you know what, blame Nick Crawl for the roster construction, I can't. I, I can't. I, I'm just kind of throwing my hands up on this one. This is this is one, as much as I hate to say it, you almost got to chalk it up to bad luck. And that sounds terrible. It sounds like, Jeff, you're the hugest homer in the world. You're trying to defend these guys. What's wrong with you? I know. I want it to be as easy as saying David Bell put together a bad lineup. If he put together a better lineup, they would have won. The only other healthy guy that he could have put in that lineup was TJ Friedel. Joey Votto's out on a rehab assignment. Jonathan India, don't know. Jose Barrero, rehabbing. Not close. Tyler Stevenson, we knew he was going to miss yesterday after what happened, getting hit in the face mask with a line drive. So with those guys out of line, kind of like what Steve said, with Tyler Stevenson out of line, this is a totally different lineup because nobody's really that scared of Moose. Moose was getting his because Tyler Stevenson had been getting his for a few days, and people were afraid to pitch to him, so they're going to pitch to anybody else. Overall, David Bell put together the best lineup he possibly could with the players that he had. As annoying as that sounds, that's the truth. I, I, I am just absolutely flabbergasted. That's really the only guy that you probably could have took out of this lineup and put TJ Friedel in was Alejo Lopez, but then you have to do a lot of other shuffling. You would have to take Moose off of DH, put him at third base, Drury at second, Reynolds at short, and then you'd have to put Friedel in center, Almora at the DH, or Friedel at the DH, whatever. But all of that still means that Moose has to play third base. And I think I actually got to give David Bell a little bit of props there for making sure that David, uh, that Moose didn't play third base. I, um, it, it's, it's just flabbergasted. There's a lot of yesterday's game that I am so excited about for Hunter Green, and I'm also just so, wow, when it comes to everything else. Because... It's hard to take this team seriously as, as much as I get, I get excited. I still think that they can, especially when everybody comes back healthy. But until everybody comes back healthy, to say that we think that we know they're going to win is a little silly. It's kind of hard to take seriously because they're playing with a bunch of hurt dudes. I mean, they're playing with a bunch of replacement dudes for hurt dudes. And they're not even playing. I mean, Max Schrock. I'd love to see Max Schrock in this lineup right now. I miss Max Schrock. I haven't heard a thing about him since he got hurt. I don't know when we're going to see him back. The, the Reds are just, man, they are hurt. Uh, as, as many good vibes as they'll show, as they've shown us this past week, they still really miss those guys on the I.L. And they're not really going to get much further without them. So you kind of just got to throw your hands up here. Because there's no real blame to place. As much as we sports fans love to place blame, kind of can't do it here. At least, so far as the lineup's concerned, that's what I have to say. And that's where we're going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for watching here on YouTube. If this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed on all your many favorite podcasting apps and right here on YouTube. Coming up on the next podcast, I'm going to tell you what the Reds need to do to win two games in Cleveland. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now make Locked On MLB your second listen. Sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. Locked On MLB is just like Locked On Reds. Free and available 
on all platforms. The Reds are making history in some strange, strange ways this year. But there's still lots to like about this team, and there's still lots that's going to be entertaining. And that means that we're going to be watching every single day, Steve and I, here on Lockdown Reds, and we will be Lockdown Reds every single day.